So last week, um, I taught on James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Um, and after the service, uh, my wife comes up to me and, and she says, are you ready to record a podcast? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I love podcasting. And she says, I, there were a lot of things that you were saying today that were were that I have a lot to say about. I was like, well, let's talk about that. And so we spent some time um, around the dinner table, probably like Tuesday or Wednesday night, I can't remember when it was. And I said, hey, yeah, so tell me about, you know, some of your thoughts. And so she began to, to talk to me about um, my teaching or the teaching from last week and then gave some deeper insight and kind of what essentially I said, I was like, you have the second part to that sermon. And I was like, you should share that. And she said, well, it took me all of five minutes to say it just now. I said, well, take five minutes on Sunday. Like, so yeah, do that. And um, so I think maybe she wrestled with the Lord a little bit and the Lord came out on top and said, um, yeah, you're going to be, you're, you're going to, you're going to talk about some stuff today. And so what I want to do um, during this time is I just want to give a quick recap of what we talked about last week to try and lay the foundation and pave the way for Kim uh, to come up and kind of give the second part of that sermon. And um, honestly, what, what, we, what we said was you give what you feel like the Lord is telling you to share, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and I think that's a great place to be because oftentimes, and, and from some places that we've come from in the past with the way that we've done service and things like that, it's as if we know everything we're going to do and everything that's going to happen in a service um, and so much so that we have it listed out on a piece of paper that says at 11 a.m. this is going to happen. Then at 11.30 this is going to happen. Then at 11.45 this is going to happen. Um, and I just, uh, I want to I wanna just kind of welcome in a, an environment of freedom for the Lord to do what he's going to, what he wants to do in us and through us during this time. And so Kim might take 5, 10, 15, 40 an hour. She, I don't know how long she's going to take but um, I want to just put, I, I want us, those who would say, yeah, I kind of have a high level of discernment, or I, I'm, you know, I hear the Spirit. I want you to just kind of get your antennas up to see what the Lord might say and do um, during this time after Kim comes and brings like the second part of this message. And so let me give a quick recap if I, if I can, and then we'll invite Kimberly up and she's going to have some things to say. So last week, what I talked about, I started off by by kind of admitting a problem that I have. And I think those of us who were here all agreed that oftentimes we have that same problem. It might not happen all the time, but it happens often. And my problem is that um, I desire to live in an idealistic utopia, which means that I want everything in my life to always be perfect I always want to experience joy. I always want to feel good. I never want to experience any conflict in my, in my relationships. I don't want to be bored, right? I, I want to enjoy every moment of every second of my life. And when I, I'm not living in that place, I, I find myself in this state of dissatisfaction. And I become somewhat of a grump so that the people closest to me um, have to experience grumpy, angry, control freak Jason because things don't look and sound and feel the way that I want them to look and sound and feel. 
And so this is a problem for me. And so last week I got sick and I was so upset that I was sick. So not only was I mad that I was sick, but I felt terrible. And I, you know, just sinus infection and, and my body was achy and I had fever and I just felt terrible. And on top of that, I was dealing just with struggling with some things with work and some things in my relationships and just overall the things in my life seemed to be, uh, I wouldn't say out of order, but it was very dystopia. And so then I began to try and figure out how I could create and how I could fix all these different areas. And I always come to the end of my power to be able to control every situation in my life. Now, there are some things that we can control and some decisions we can make, but there are things that happen to us, and I like to call those things trials and tribulations. And those, when those things happen to us, Scripture speaks very clearly about how we should respond to those trials and those tribulations. And it's not what I want to hear, but it's what we need to hear. And so it's in this deep, dark place where I'm upset and I'm mad that I can't control everything that the Lord met me in that place. And he says, you're here for a reason. And there's something I want to work out in your heart. And there's something I want to fix in you. There's a work that I want to do in your life in this place. Will you come into agreement with that process and say, yes, Lord. And so the scripture that I looked at was James 1, 2 through 4. And it says, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so essentially what the scripture is saying is that the Lord uses trial and tribulation to do a work in us, to bring us to a complete place to be where we become mature and lacking nothing. <clears throat> and so in my own power, I oftentimes try and create this utopia, this idealistic, everything's ideal, everything, you know, butterflies, you know, flowers and butterflies and rainbows, like it's always good, right? So I try out of my, my flesh and my own power to create this beautiful place where I'm mature, not lacking anything, and I'm complete, and the work is done in my life. And, and, and so in the trial, my flesh rises up, right? My, and, and essentially my worldly thoughts and belief system rises up thinking that I can control every situation and that I should control every situation and that if I can work hard enough, I'll create the utopia. But essentially what the scripture is saying is that Jesus, through us, the Father, through the work, through the work of the trial, brings us to that utopia and it's a heavenly utopia it's not a worldly utopia and so this is where Kim's going to pick up and kind of continue in on this teaching I didn't go that deep into it but what I basically did was say I have a problem and then later on in the scripture it says that we should if anyone lacks wisdom he should ask the father who gives without finding partiality in the context of give me wisdom to see my situation through the eyes that you see my situation. And let me then have wisdom to know that this trial is bringing about work. And so then I can rejoice in the work that the Lord's doing in me when I have the wisdom to see the trials the way that the Lord wants me to see the trials. Rather than me getting all huffy 
right? Kim will say, are you getting huffy? Like when I kind of get an attitude. And, you know, I feel like the Lord just is, is saying, and sometimes in these situations, you're getting huffy. Like, don't get huffy. Have great joy. Because one, you've prayed that I would change you, right? Father, change my heart. God, get rid of the sin. Get, get rid of these, these, these desires of the flesh. Get rid of all this crap that I know that I shouldn't want, that I do. Lord, do a work in me. And then I slip into a trial, and then I want to buck the trial. But it's the trial where the Lord works, answering the prayer that I just prayed that he would make me mature, not lacking anything, right? And so then we begin to, to push against what the, how the Lord is answering your prayer, changing you through the trials and the tribulations. And the truth is, trial and tribulation on earth will never go away. And so we have to have a higher perspective. We have to live higher and exist higher. And I think that's what Kim's going to talk about. Did I, did I get it? Is it right? We'll see. All right. Amen. <laughs> So you guys welcome Kimberly up to the Thanks. Thanks, Jason. So I'm going to start by saying never was it my intention to stand in front of you guys and teach. Never did I ever think I would be standing in front of you guys and teaching. Um, but the Lord has really done a work in me in just the last five days, maybe. I was... Uh, so Jason and I had this conversation on Tuesday night around the dinner table. Um, Wednesday morning as I was praying, I, uh, you know, you get into these conversations with Jesus and the Father, and <laughs> he just really, he said, he put this thing on my shoulders, it was a mantle, and he said, this is a teaching mantle, and you're going to begin teaching. To me, it's a scary thing. I'm not someone who likes to be in front of people. I'm not someone who likes to speak in front of others. My voice shakes. I get nervous. Um, but what he's been doing is so much of what he's been pouring out to me is not for just me. And so what you guys need to know is that I pray through this stuff, and he says, you have to tell my people. And that's part of what this disciple community is. And Jason, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to, I'm going to define it how I feel like we need to define it. Disciple community is a community, community of people coming together. We are believers and we are not relying on one leader or one small group of leaders to disciple us. We disciple each other. And what does that do? I'm going to lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. And that is what discipling is. And it has nothing to do with being qualified. It has nothing to do with having some higher call. You have to be a leader to do this. That isn't what it is. Um, it's about really leading each other, showing each other what it is to have that close relationship with Jesus. And in that, then a close relationship with the Father. So, there's my intro. That I'm also going to say that this, I have these notes. Um, I've been working on them this week. I've gone through what I'm going to say to you guys probably five different times in my head. Um, but this morning, as I was trying to really compile all of my notes, there was chaos. And nothing flowed how I felt like it should flow. And nothing came together like it has so many times in my head. And through, <laughs> through me not wanting to admit it, but through other people talking to me, 
um, I really believe that the Lord is saying, this isn't about you putting together something. This is about you speaking my heart. So if this is all over the place, I'm sorry. Um, I may or may not hit any of my notes. Um, but I truly believe that the Lord has more for us than to sit in a place where we desire this idealistic utopia. Um, Jason, I don't, I don't want this to feel like it's bagging on you, but you happened to be the one who gave the message last week and talked about this. Um, and in this, I truly believe that we are not called to find a perfect place here on earth. Um, I don't think that has ever been the purpose. I think that who we are in Christ shows us that that can never come to pass unless we see his kingdom come, right? On earth as it is in heaven. It has nothing to do with anything that we can create. It has nothing to do with what we can put together and it never will be because that's not the purpose of it. Our purpose here is not to be comfortable and it's not to be content. Paul said in Philippians, um, he, was, he was talking to the Philippians and thanking them for giving, them, giving him stuff that really helped him out. Um, and he said, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. I know that we talk about that last verse all the time, but what comes before it is so important. It's not about being comfortable or having so much plenty that it makes us so happy. That's not what it is. It's about being content and who he is and who he says you are. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose my train of thought. I know it. But you just have to know this. It's about your identity in him. And our identity will evolve over time. And it is my desire for all of you to have your identity evolve. I don't want you to stay at the beginning. I don't want you to stay in the same place and get stagnant. Here's the thing. When we first believe, our first piece of identity is when we hear the gospel. We hear that Jesus came fully man and fully God to save us from our sins. He died on the cross. He rose the third day and then ascended to heaven. Right? He did this to save us from our own sin. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. That means there was no way, there is no way to get to God the Father except through Jesus. That is the gospel, right? That's your first piece of identity that you get in Christ. Second, you know him as Savior. You get saved. You believe that. So you don't just hear it, you believe it. And that, having a savior, is a big deal. This is something that we as Christians talk about all the time. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. That's a part of my identity. That's who I am. And that's who I am in him. It's because of him. It's not because of me. It's because of him. Next, we go on to be Christ followers. How do you get saved? You confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart that Jesus is your savior, that he came as fully God and fully man. 
He died on the cross to save you from your sins. He made the perfect sacrifice. He rose again on the third day, as was prophesied all through the, the Old Testament, okay? He rose on the third day and showed that he overcame death. There is nothing in the world that is above him that can keep him down because he's fully God, God the creator, right? So then he ascended to heaven. So that's how you get saved. You get saved by believing that, knowing that, saying it with your mouth, right? You put your faith in him. You put your faith of your salvation, of where you will be for eternity in Jesus and what he did, okay? Um, so past being saved, then you become a Christ follower. Um, unfortunately, and you know, I was concerned with talking to you guys about this because I don't know if I'm gonna be too harsh. I don't know if I'm gonna be too soft, um, but no, my heart is pure, I love you all. Um, I truly want what is best for you. I believe we are the body of Christ and the body of Christ can't function well together unless everyone is healthy and doing what they need to be doing so that we can all work in coordination with each other and be fully him, okay? So I think unfortunately a lot of people stay in this place of simply being saved, which you're still saved and that's good, but there's more and you become a Christ follower and that is knowing his word, knowing what he was about. That is stepping into relationship with him and following him. It is being a disciple, just like I was saying that this is a disciple community. We're pointing each other to Christ and how to walk with him and how to be like him and how to fulfill what he said we will fulfill. That is walking with Christ, okay? And this is a great place to be. Beyond that, while you are walking with him, um, he's also the only one, like I said earlier, who can bring you to the Father. Like Abba God, Abba Father. Um, God has so many different attributes and different names, but one of the most fulfilling is Father. Um, that means that we are sons. I'm sorry, ladies, you're a son. If you guys have to be the bride, you ladies are the son, okay? We're all sons of God. Because you know what it also says? No longer is there Jew nor Gentile, male nor female. We are all one in the spirit, right? We are all the same before God the Father. So we're all sons and we can come to him and we can rest in the Father and we can know ourselves as his son and we can know ourselves or know him as our father. A, a father who cares and loves and takes care of us. And that is who he is to us. And this is another step, like, this is a hard place to get to. We all know that we walk around and we carry around junk. And if we don't get it taken care of, we carry it around, it becomes heavy, it will weigh us down, and it becomes hard to get through days, it, it becomes hard to come to church, it becomes hard to be around other believers. Um, but that is the stuff that we can take to him. And you know, when we go to him, it's like, you know, the prodigal son, we talk about it all the time. The son who wanted his inheritance early, went away and squandered it, said, I don't need you guys, I don't need my family anymore, came back and was welcomed by the father with no prerequisites. Father's just happy to see him because he's his son. He loves him that much. 
He adorns him with a robe, with a ring, slaughters the fattened calf so that they can have a big feast at his back. Okay, this is how the Father is to us. And this is a very important place for us to get to where we can know ourselves as sons and we can rest in knowing that we don't have to do something to make him love us. We don't have to do something to make him pleased with us. He is our dad, we are his child, and he loves us. He wants relationship with us. He wants intimacy with us. It is like my daughter, Illy, who is wild this morning, but you know what? I want her to come to me. I want her to come and sit on my lap and put her arms around my neck, and I want her to know my love for her, right? There's no prerequisite. She can be as wild as she wants. I don't appreciate wild behavior, <laughs> but it doesn't change that I'm her mother and I love her and I want her to know that love, right? On the other hand, I also don't want her to only know that about herself all of her life. I don't want her to only come to me and just know that she's my daughter. I want her to know who she is. I want her to know who she was made to be. I want to know her, her to know her capabilities. I want her to know her purpose. I want her to grow up and be able to act on my behalf because she represents me, she's my child in a way that I can be happy with, you know? And that isn't putting an unrealistic expectation on her. That is her being my child. She's gonna be a reflection of me, right? And I believe it is the same with God the Father. He wants us to know that we're sons, but he doesn't want it to stop there. We have more. He has more for us. He didn't create us just to sit on his lap and put our arms around his neck. That's not what he created us for. He created us to do his will and to fulfill his purpose, to step into responsibility, um, and to grow up. And so this is the place where I feel like it's gonna get harsh and take this with all the love that I'm giving it with. God wants you to grow up, okay? Um, and it's not as harsh as it sounds. It has to do with being able to walk on your own. It has to do with being able to talk on your own. I know. <laughs> so, okay, as you mature, how do you do this? I don't wanna just say you grow up but not tell you how to do it. It comes from being in communion with the Father. It has to do with being in communion with Jesus. When I say communion, I don't mean that communion, I mean community. You walk with them and you talk with them and you have relationship with them, you have intimacy with them. The more you know them, the more you will become like them. Just like Illy. You know what, it's interesting because adopted children, I was thinking about this last week, Jonathan and Lydia were here, and there were so many things Okay, so if you don't know, Lydia was adopted from China when she was a baby, okay? Jonathan has been from here for, or around here forever. Lydia has so many things that remind me of Jonathan that she does. There are mannerisms, there are looks on her face that look just like Jonathan. They will say things, I will hear those girls say things that sound like their parents. They're adopted parents. 
And so just like we're adopted into Jesus' family with Abba, God the Father, as our Father, we will start, the more we're around them, we will start to look like them. We will start to act like them. Our hearts will align with their hearts. Their will, when it says in Romans 2, um, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, don't conform, be conformed to the patterns of this world, right? But be renewed by, or be conformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says, so that you can do the will of God, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, right? But how do you know the will of God? Except through intimacy. You don't, okay, I won't say this. It's not that you can't pray and ask to know his will because he's gracious and he's good and he'll tell you if you ask sometimes, depending on his will, <laughs> right? But the more you are with him, the more you talk with him, the more you listen to him, the more you just walk with Christ, the more you will know his heart and you will know his will. And it won't be so hard to stay in the line of his will and walking down his path of what he has for you because you know him so well. Your father, if you have a decent relationship with your parents, you probably know what your parents want for you in life, how they want you to behave, what they want you to achieve, what their hopes are for you, what their dreams are for you. And it's easy to know that and to kind of stay in line with that, right? It has to do with that intimacy and knowing them. You spend time with them, you talk with them, you walk with them. It is, it's very simple, though it's hard for whatever reason, it's been hard for us to attain. Um, I don't know if you can agree with this, but I will tell you, I was stuck for a long time being just saved. And then I was stuck for a long time trying to be a Christ follower. Um, I don't know that I knew for a long time the Father's voice. I could listen and I could get a sense of what Jesus was trying to say or what the Holy Spirit was saying. But you know what? I relied on Jesus only, but there's three of them, right? There's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is to help us. He's sent as a helper to help us hear the voice of God, know what he's saying. Um, he's kind of, I don't know, kind of that voice. What do you think, Chris? He's, he is the presence here. He's the presence here. He's the go-between between earth and heaven where Jesus and the Father are sitting. Um, but, you know, in the last couple years, really getting to know the Father, I mean, seriously, going and sitting at his feet, just being in his presence, you know, listening for what he has to say to me. And it may be as simple as, hey, Kim, I'm glad you're here. You know, but there's something in that that transforms you, and it should. And in that, we need to know who we are. We know that we are sons. We know that we are Christ followers. We know that we're saved. But we need to also know what He has for us. What is your responsibility? What are your giftings? You know, and it goes beyond what is in Scripture. I want you to learn and know how to listen as much as you know how to pray because there's a lot of what we do in congregations and in the system that is church um, that teaches you how to pray. 
Um, but to pray really means to ask. And there's so much more than just asking for stuff from Jesus and from the Father because he has so much to tell you too. He has stuff to say about who you are. He has stuff to say about what you're doing, what you've done, what you will do. And all you have to do is sit and listen. And there's no secret to how to be able to hear. You tune your spirit in. You have spirit. You are body, flesh. You are mind, will, and emotion, soul. And you are spirit, right? And your spirit connects with the Holy Spirit who then gets you to the Father and to Jesus, right? And so when you allow your spirit to take this seat up here, let's say we have a hierarchy of who has control in your being, right? So for a long time we live where our flesh rules, or maybe our soul rules, maybe we're more evolved and our soul rules us, our mind, will, and emotions. But a lot of times it's those two contending for the top space and then our spirit sits down here with the last word. What I've learned, and it's funny because I had this conversation first with Jason, not Jason Villanueva, Jason Febris, um, one morning at breakfast about, you know, I've gotten to this place where I realize that who my body is and who my soul is, my mind, will, and emotions, this is something that I've been building up my whole life, right? But my spirit, what my spirit is, who my spirit is, that's something that God created me to be. And he didn't create that spirit to be for these 80 years that I'm going to be on the earth. He created it for eternity. Okay. So I've gotten to this place where I no longer want to invest into who my body is, who my soul is, but only who my spirit is. I want to walk in who he's created me to be for eternity. I want to walk in that while I'm here on earth because that's who he's created me to be. I don't want to wait until I'm dead and I'm in heaven and then I become who he's created me to be, right? I want that to take the top spot. I want my spirit to have the first say. My soul and my body may get second and third and that's fine, but always I want my spirit to be on top. And I think this has a lot to do with who we are and stepping into that intimate relationship with him. When you can connect spirit to spirit, right? Because it's your spirit that connects to the Holy Spirit. It's not your body and it is not your soul. They'll hear from him because your spirit hears and then releases that out, you know, just like your mind hears when you stub your toe and feels that pain. Um, but for the spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection to happen, you have to let your spirit rule, right? And it in partnership is what gets you to Jesus and to the Father. And that's where your intimacy comes in. And that is where you can walk with him. You can hear from him. You can talk to him. You can ask him for things. Of course you can do that. But there's so much more than just asking him for peace or for a new car or for whatever it is that you ask him for daily. And it's not bad to ask him for things, but there's just more to it. Okay. I want you guys to know the fullness of the relationship that you can have with both Jesus and the father and not think that you have to stay at this place of simply being saved or stay at this place of simply following Christ and his teachings or simply knowing you're a son. 
You can do more. He wants you to do more. He is waiting for the time when his children will step up and do his will and see his kingdom come. That is the goal here. This is when Jesus comes back. This is what we've been waiting for. And so there is no more time. Just let me say this to you guys. There's no more time to sit and be stagnant. Okay? This, consider this your call to rise up and your call to grow up. And I don't say that in an unkind way. Please know that. Um, I've, you know, the, the source here is, I'm talking about this relationship. It's kind of funny. It's kind of like the source. You know, this is one little piece of what it is. This isn't all of it. Sunday mornings at 11 is not all of what the source is. You've heard me talk about the hub, this, this place for prayer and intercession, worship, uh, the word to be taught, mentoring for healing, for resources, for sending on missions. Um, but there's so much more to this place. And what it is, it's about connecting the body of Christ. And like I said, this isn't the body. We, however many are in here, 25 or 30 of us, we are not the full body. It's important that we connect with everybody so that we can be that fullness of who he wants us to be. It's important. And so know this, um, but in the source, I think this is why the Lord gave me this word for you and how I can try to speak this in love to you um, to start growing up is, you know, a while ago, Christine and I were praying with another lady, Trish, who is very invested into the source. Um, you don't see her on Sunday mornings because that's not all of the source. She just doesn't happen to be part of this piece. Um, but we are praying and the Lord told me that I will be like the mother of this place. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Right? But after he told me this, just like after he told me I was going to teach, then all of a sudden I'm teaching. I taught on Wednesday and helped teach on Thursday and then today. And I've never taught before in my life. But he has a way of doing this. He says, this is who you are. And then he swings the doors wide open. But he said, you know, I'm to be kind of the mother of this place and for you guys. And I don't think that I'm, I know I'm not older than all of you. I know some of you are younger than me and some of you are older than me. And it has to do more with I'm here to nurture you and to make sure you're on the right path. But as a mother, even with Illy, sometimes I have to tell her, not, you are walking, right? You can walk. I'm not holding you. I'm not going to coddle you. I have Henry, who's an 11-year-old. He's much more grown up. I don't rock him to sleep at night. Confession time, right? That doesn't happen anymore. And he walks and he talks and he does things on his own. And when he starts getting out of line, I have to pull him back in line. But he knows I love him, so I hope you know I love you. But that's kind of my role here. Know this, I want you to grow up and I want you to come into the fullness of what he has for you because it is full and it is good and there is nothing better than honestly stepping into that. Um, I think that's about all I have today. This went nothing. Like I had more scripture. Uh, this went nothing with like my notes and I knew it wouldn't. But you guys, please be encouraged. I do love you. I know we all love each other here. Um, and don't forget that this really is about each other. We are helping to build everybody up. 
you don't all come to me all at the same time. I won't all come to just one person here. It's about all of us pouring into each other, getting us back on that path when we veer away, showing each other how we commune with the Father, how we commune with Jesus, and just leading each other in that. Thank you, guys. Let's just press in. We're going to pray. And this is where um, we're going to put our antennas up and say, what are we doing now, Lord? Okay? <clears throat> so, Father, we... Um, first, we want to admit that um, we have in many ways, tried to create the, the perfect worry-free, problem-free, trial-free life on this earth. Um, and honestly, that's in direct opposition. It's in direct contradiction to what Scripture says about who we are. So in the vein of identity, God, you say that we are, um, we're not of this, this world um, we're citizens of heaven. Um, and so forgive us, Father, for trying to um, institute our utopian kingdom on earth. Um, we've also been in direct contradiction to um, the prayer that Jesus modeled for us where he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Father, when we try and institute our idealistic life um, during the time that you've placed us on this earth, and when we do that, um, we are being in direct opposition to your kingdom coming and your will being done. And so, God, we just admit that to you, and we know that by the blood of Christ that covers us because of our relationship, our marriage to him, that we have a forgiveness for that and that we're not guilty. And so we thank you for that, Father. And so God, as we, as we break agreements with trying to institute our kingdom on earth, um, we then want to agree for your kingdom to come. And so, Lord, I pray that we would lay down the, the immature, um, infantile Christian way of instituting our kingdom and our perfect utopia on earth. Um, and we want to come into agreement with the word that was spoken today by Kim, that we, we want to grow up. God, I want to grow up. I do, Lord. And I know that we all do. And it's not, a, it's not offensive or derogatory. It's what you desire for us. You desire that we've come into full maturity in Christ and in our identity and in our purpose on this earth. And so, Lord, we want to say yes to that. And I know that's a difficult thing because there are things that we, we must sacrifice. 
things we've, we've done and the way that we've been in the past that we need to sacrifice um, to say yes to you. And so, Lord, that's my prayer is that we would step into this season of growth, that we would step out of that previous way of just existing as sons and, and being saved, but to being true Christ followers and doing the will of the Father to bring heaven to earth according to your will, God. And so, Lord, I just pray that just even symbolically this is, and, and, and prophetically, Father, that we're saying we're stepping out of the old and stepping into the new, that we're stepping out of immaturity and we're stepping into maturity, that we're step about it, uh, stepping out of being infants and we're stepping into growing up in your ways and we submit ourselves to you in that way, God. So I thank you for the work that you're doing in us. If you would just supernaturally by the spirit in us allow us to um, just sense and receive that you're wanting to move us forward as your body and so we say yes to that we say yes we say yes Lord is there anybody that um needs to say or share anything or lead us in a prayer. You good? Christine, you good? Come on up. Um, well, I, I felt like I was, I'm being led to share a little bit about who I am and how I discovered who I was. Um, I guess I'm still discovering who I am, but uh, I, I know that God wants us all to grow and sometimes we just don't even know where to start. Um, and I'll tell you that I, I went through this experience. Um, I was listening to someone talk about pretty much what Kim was talking about, actually, um, today, and about growing up and stepping into responsibility and that sort of thing and finding out who you are. And, um, and I knew I just needed to go before God and ask him and say, I mean, and say, God, I don't know who you made me to be, but I want to step into responsibility and I want to take that step forward. And when that happened, um, I'll tell you, I was in the middle of worship and all of a sudden I was before the throne. And um, <coughs> when I, I, you know, I don't see clearly in this, I see a lot of things in the spirit realm here, but in the heavenly realms, I don't know I see very clearly, but I certainly get a sense for things. And so I, I understand what's going on, even if I don't see it. And um, when I was before the throne, I just said, God, I, I think I'm ready to step into responsibility and, and do what you you want me to do. So I just want you to show me what is it that you have written on my destiny? Like, what is it that you have written for me that I haven't discovered? And so could you just show me that? And when he showed me that, um, I only got one word, <laughs> and it was intercessor. And, you know, people have said my whole life that I'm an intercessor, but this was different. It, didn't, it wasn't about just praying for someone. He was showing me that what I'm supposed to do is lead people into the heavenly places. 
And when I got that, I just immediately go, God, I'm not worthy of this. I, I can't. And he just stood up with all of his authority and said, you don't tell me if you're worthy. I tell you if you're worthy. And showed me that I was on the arm of Jesus as his bride, and that's what made me worthy. And I'll tell you, that changed something in me. Because now, I, part of my identity, I don't have anything that says I'm unworthy. Where I, I had that before. And now my identity is I'm worthy. And I don't care who says I'm not. I say, well, he says I am. Like, I can't argue with that. <laughs> and so that's part of who I am. And now, after saying that, I said, okay, God, I'll do it. And many of you know that this is like what I do now, is I lead people into the heavenly places because that's what he says. And so he says that that's my purpose. So anytime I'm given any opportunity and someone says, hey, would you do this? I have to say yes, you know? And so um, I think it's really important that we seek who he wants us to be that may look totally different than how you've been walking, even if you've loved him. Because I've loved him for a whole long time and still didn't know that that's what my purpose was. And so I just was like, well, do, do whatever seems good for God, you know? And so um, I just, I encourage everybody to just, Ask, seek, and trust what you're experiencing. Because part of it, you know, when I have these experiences, I, I give my heart over here. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I always commit my imagination to Jesus because I don't want to be the one making stuff up. And so I want to only know that he is leading me. And when I ask him to lead me, I'm trusting that he is. And so for a long time, I would have these experiences and go, I don't know, I think I'm crazy. And, you know, he just gave me this conviction about, you, you wanted me to lead you. Are you going to trust that I'm leading you or not? And so anyway, as we go before him, I just hope that everyone will, will trust what they're experiencing as long as it doesn't, you know, totally kick, kick scripture out of the way. You don't want to go against scripture, but, you know... Um, I really believe that he'll tell you what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be. So um, are you guys wanting to see some of that? All right, well, let's enter in, shall we? Jesus, right now, we just want to commit our imagination to you and trust that you will take it over. And Jesus, we ask that you lead us before the throne. We know that you can lead us to the Father. And so we ask that you just... Take us there. You open our hearts and our minds. And let us hear or sense or see or smell or experience somehow who we're made to be. And so right now we come before you, Father. And I see there are angels before the throne. And there are even all these <coughs> saints on the side looking to see what we're doing. Father, we want to say yes to stepping into the responsibility of doing what you've created us for. And so we're just asking right now that you show it to us. That if you've written it in a book or you've put it on a scroll, whatever it is, just please open it up and show us. And just show us what we're ready for. If we're ready for one word, we'll take it. 
If, we're, if you just want to show us a picture, that's fine. But God, we want to do your will. I just saw that uh, Jesus was putting these crowns on several, several people. It's like showing we're part of his kingdom and we're supposed to be this royal priesthood. And it's giving us authority to rule like he would. And I saw that he has um, certain very special gifts for, for us. And so if you, would, um, if you would just seek from Jesus, he's wanting to give you a gift that shows you a part of who you are. God, we want to make this part of who we are. And so even if we don't see or understand it, we just want to take this and by faith take our destiny scroll and put it inside of us and make it part of who we are. We want this to just start manifesting in our life so we can start living how we're supposed to live. Thank you, Father, for your love and your kindness. I just saw he wanted to rise up and, and embrace you. I think he, he I just feel this, like, uh, this gratitude coming from God. Like, thank you for finally stepping up. Father, thank you for drawing us here. We love you and we want more of you. Please continue to open our eyes to who we're supposed to be and show us more. Jesus, thank you for loving us and bringing us to the Father. We are so thankful to be in a marriage covenant with you. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you. Yeah. So I just want to I just want to say something real quick about um, that 
this this time where we we say, Lord, show us, we you know, do something, right? <laughs> um, our entire our entire relationship with the Lord is supernatural. Um, even when we engage in the scriptures, which are black and white in front of our eyes, um, scripture says of itself that it's living and active, um, and that it's alive and it does something. Um, Jesus in the book of Revelation, he he speaks. Um, and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would open that door, I will come in and I will dine with him. Um, he also says in another place, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And then he says, Take my yoke upon yourself, for I'm lowly and humble in heart. He says, And learn from me. So Jesus invites us in multiple places into this deeper, intimate relationship with him. Um, and he wants to meet us in that place. And let me tell you that that place is this supernatural. And so when I mean that, it supersedes the natural. It's whether you call it in our heart or it's in the spirit realm. But Jesus is, he's living and he can interact with, us, interact with us in a way that any other human being can interact with us, but it doesn't look the same, right? Because if I'm sitting down with you at a table, I can invite you to my home and we prepare a meal and we're there together physically engaging in this relationship. And Jesus invites us into that, right? He says, I stand at the door and I knock. He says, open the door and let me in. It's like, I wish I could open the front door and Jesus would walk in and we'd be there. But it's times like this where Christine, by faith, right, she believes that we can enter into that place with Christ and that we can open the door and he can come in and take us by the hand and lead us to the Father or lead us into the garden or lead us to the throne, like lead us and take us anywhere. But it's into an intimate place where we find that deeper relationship and that communion. And that's where we find, more, find out more about who we are and who he is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I just wanted to say, like, I'm sitting over here and just thinking during this time, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I love that we do that here, but it's even more important that you do that by yourself. And that's that, that's that place of maturation <laughs> that Kim is talking about, right? It's, it's saying yes to going deeper and to being open by the Spirit through faith to meet Christ in those places. We can do it in Scripture. <clears throat> scripture points us to Christ. It's also possible to miss Christ in Scripture, right? But if we're engaging with Christ on a spirit level, well, then we know that we're not missing it because it's Him living and active in our lives. And so.